excuse all the shy people from this awkward uh, people talking to you that you don't know who they are. So I, I come in really quickly for all the introverts. If you're an introvert, raise your hand. Isn't that mean? I'm not saying like if the extroverts, if you're extrovert, raise your hand. That's easy. Introverts, raise your hand. Um, we're in the middle of a, a series. Well, actually, we're not in the middle of a series. We're leading up to a series called Freedom. And that's going to coincide with the cleansing stream that we're going to be doing. And uh, right now, we're, I'm just going to be addressing some of the things that I feel God is doing um, specifically in the church uh, during this time. And uh, God is good. How many of you guys saw Baldwin actually score some points last night at the football game? <laughs> that was a miracle. You know God is doing something when Baldwin scores some touchdowns. I mean, they didn't win, but at least they got on the board. And why don't we give a hand to, if there's any Baldwin grads, you know, I, or people that are from Baldwin. I, I don't care because I'm a Maui High grad, and we all know who the best high school is on this island, right? It's, all right. I, I know. I was on the other side last night, and I, I saw Danielle because uh, Brian, our, Brian, who comes to our church, is a coach for Kamehameha. And I looked at her, and I'm like, this is so sad. That was before we scored any points. I was like, this is so sad. And she goes, I know. And I was talking to Brian. He goes, you guys have the fastest student in the state. We have the fastest, well, not we, Baldwin has the fastest student in the state. And uh, anyway. Let's invite Jesus back, because <laughs> talking about. Um, let's, let's read the scripture together. Joshua 3, 4, and 6. Uh, the title of this message is called Plastic or Porcelain, and uh, it will make sense by the end of the message, Plastic or Porcelain. Uh, let's, let's read the scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. You have never been this way before. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I believe we're living in a very different time. We have never experienced the things that we have experienced in the past three years. How many of you have ever experienced being able to and being instructed by a bank to wear a mask before you go into the bank? That's something that we, but that's something that we've seen in the past couple, there's so many different things that we have we have experienced in the past three years that we have never experienced before. And I, I don't think that those changes are going to stop. And what God is telling all of us is that he wants to do some great things, great things in us and through us, and it's time to consecrate ourselves. That's a big Bible word for set yourself apart or prepare yourself. So turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself because... God wants to do great things among you. God wants to do great things among you. Um, I was talking to an educator this past week, and, uh, and he was telling me that what he's noticed as kids have come back to school is that, and I think it's not just true of kids, but it's true as adults too, that everybody is looking for a way to get offended. Everyone's looking for a way to get offended. If I'm not offended, I'll find a way I'll find something that you say or something that you think or something that you believe so that I can just be offended with you. How many of you think that we're living kind of in a society that, that's like that, it's become like that? And he said that the kids he's noticed are looking for ways to be offended and that they are viewing relationships as disposable. Because they've been isolated for so long, they've been stuck in their homes for so long, they don't have the same 
desire and need to connect with people that they did before. And so therefore, they're looking for different ways to get offended. And when someone offends them, they just easily will cut them off. And, and God has the opposite spirit of that. God has an unconditional love for every single one of us, no matter where we are, where we are in the spectrum of life, God loves every single one of us. Um, so one of the things that we're, this next season of our church, I believe, is a season of consecration, a season of pre- preparation, because God wants to do something great. And one of the things that we're doing in November 19th is a cleansing stream retreat, a cleansing stream weekend. And I believe that God wants to break off a lot of the things that have held us back, some of the offenses, some of the mistakes, the different things that uh, weigh us down spiritually. And he wants to cleanse the church, getting ready, uh, getting the church ready for what he wants to do. There, um, my dad recently fixed his sprinkler system outside of the house. And when you have PVC pipes and they're broken and you want to repair it, what's the first thing that you do with the PVC pipe? You clean it, right? Or cut it. Clean it. There's this solution that you got to put, a primer that you put on the PVC piping. Yeah, you guys didn't know I knew that, right? I I don't look like a fixer-upper, but I am. No, I'm not. Um, But you have to prime it and get all the junk off of it so that you can use it, so that you can put the glue on and use it. And such is it with our lives, that God wants to clean us up before he uses us and does great things among us. So today we're going to talk about four things that Jesus wants to heal us from, cleanse us from in this season of consecration as we're leading up to our series on freedom and our cleansing stream weekend in November. So I just want to encourage you, God wants to use you and God wants to cleanse you, clean you. So the first thing, God wants to free us. I'm I'm jumping to number four. I'm confusing the, the PowerPoint people back there, but I'm Uh, I'm jumping to four before one. So Jesus wants to free us from past rejection. Jesus wants to free us from past rejection. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 says, Having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, where he made us accepted. Everyone say accepted. Accepted in the beloved. There is an unconditional acceptance that Jesus has for every single one of us because we're his sons and we're his daughters or a part of his family. If, if you've received the Lord into your life, then you are, you are a son, you are a daughter of God. And, and a son and daughter will never get rejected by their heavenly father. As natural parents, we're supposed to model that to our kids. And never reject our children, no matter how much we feel like it. Nobody wants, no one wants to admit that you want to reject your kids sometimes. You're in church and you guys are lying, acting all holy and stuff. This past, this past, uh, this past football game, my son, Caden Asato, uh, he, he, it was his senior, his last senior, uh, whatever, so they're honoring the seniors, and he didn't know I was coming to the game, I came to the game, and I, I couldn't recognize Caden because he was wearing a pink wig with pink glasses and a pink cape, he was a superhero, dressed as a superhero, and I thought, 
if there's anybody that could pull off that look, it's Caden. <laughs> and I always like rag on, you know, never mind. I, I rag, rag on Caden in our house and stuff, but I was actually really proud that he had the confidence to go in front of hundreds of people looking like a pretty pink girl. So good on you, Caden. Um, okay, we're gonna, I, I'm going to do something, uh, a, a little exercise with you. Don't get offended. Because, okay, do you got, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want, do you want the, the PG version or the PG-13 version? <laughs> PG or PG-13? PG. Okay, my wife says PG, so we're going to do PG's version. Okay. This is a psychological profile that I learned in college, and it's just fun, okay? But it's going to illustrate a point. Kind of goes along with the title. So close your eyes. Don't go to sleep. Just close your eyes. Okay? So close your eyes, and I want you to visualize your house. Okay, so you see your house. Whatever house it is, it could be big, it could be small. And, and, and this house, does it have a fence around it or does it not have a fence around it? Okay, so you see that. So if you do have a fence, you open the gate, you walk through the fence, fence, and you go to your house, you open the front door, you walk into your living room, kitchen, dining room, and then there's a dining room table. What is on it, if anything? Then you walk through your kitchen, you open up your back door, and you come out of your back door, and, and there, is a, there is a backyard. And so you come into the backyard, and in the backyard, you see on the ground a cup. What kind of cup is it? And then you, there's an interaction that you have with this cup. What do you do to the cup? Okay? Then you see this body of water. And you have to cross this body of water. How do you cross it? And how wet do you get? Okay, open your eyes. So the house is the size of your dreams. How many had a big house? How many had a small house? How? <laughs> how? Yeah, how? Just a house. Any? It's it's your house. I mean, it could be your house. Okay, then <laughs> Zach pictured his own house. Okay, so. So does it have a fence around it? If it had a fence, then you're very private. No fence. You're a pretty open, transparent person. Then you walk into your house and you see a kitchen table. If there's fruit or food on the table, you're generally a pretty happy person. If it was empty, then you're not. Then you, you walk out into your backyard, and then there's a cup that's on the ground. What kind of cup was it? Okay, so... This cup represents how you view relationships. If it's a plastic cup and you take the plastic cup and you throw it away, you view relationships as disposable. But if it's like a porcelain cup and you pick up the porcelain cup and you wash it and you put it in your house, you view relationships as a treasure and you would work to restore the relationships. Then you have the body of water. And the body of water... <laughs> is how much you desire intimacy. 
You can interpret that whichever way that you want. And how wet you get is how much intimacy you're experiencing in your life right now. How many say it's pretty accurate? This, this, nobody wants to raise your hand? So you can, you can uh, discuss this in your small groups after church today, but, and you can disclose whatever you want to. When, when we did this, my college-age pastor, it was funny because there's a college-age pastor and then there was uh, his, there was a, 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 like another college-age pastor that was like, yeah, and, and my college-age pastor, Bruce Ho, he had like this little stream and he hopped over the stream on rocks. And then our other pastor, he had the Pacific Ocean, and he swam across it. So we, we thought it was kind of funny. Anyway, why did I share that story? Oh, because of disposable relationships. We live in a society where, where people are looking at the relationships as disposable. And Jesus wants to free us from any kind of rejection because he does not dispose of relationships. He doesn't reject you or because you're dirty, throw you away. The love that God has for us is that he looks at us as precious. No matter how chipped we are, no matter how much dirt there is on us, he picks us up, cleans us up, and sets us apart for his use. Amen? How many are glad that we have, we have a Savior that does not view us as disposable. Is that? Number two, Jesus wants, so he wants to free us from past rejection. Some of us have, have struggled with rejection from parents, rejection from friends, rejection from coaches. All of those things affect the way that we view relationships. And God wants to first heal us from that. He accepts us and he loves us. Number one, Jesus wants to heal us from past hurts. Uh, Jesus wants to heal us from past hurts. Let's read the scripture together, Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The one thing about hurt is a lot of times we can't recognize the impact that that hurt has on us and in turn affects the people around us until much later. I, I was um, in Michigan at the end of June this past year, and one of the things that the kids were doing was my sister has a boat, and she's right next to this lake. And so she was uh, taking us around on this boat, and we were like water skiing on the back of the boat. And uh, Sharina had this bright idea. It, there's this game called Dummy on a Rope. And uh, what, you need to, what the kids were doing with this game, Dummy on a Rope, is they would lie down in the water and they would hold onto the rope backwards and then Ryan would just gun the engine and then it would push them underneath the water and then they'd pop up above the water and start bouncing on the lake and then whoever could hold on the longest would win the Dummy on a Rope game. And so Caden jumped on and his legs are flailing all over the place and he held on for, I don't know, over a minute. And I was like, if Caden can do that, I'm going to do that too. And so I played dummy on a rope. And I was a dummy on a rope. And I'm almost 50 years old thinking that I can play a game that like teenagers can play. 
And I was holding on to it, and I was like, you know, I didn't last as long as Caden because, you know, I'm fatter. And it didn't hurt then, but, <laughs> but it's, that happened in June. This is September. Now I'm starting to feel my shoulder all messed up. And yesterday, I tried to do a chin-up, and I jumped up, and I ground onto something. And when I pulled it, I was like, oh, like it just all this pain went through my arm. And I realized that what I did several months ago is making an impact on my arm now. And a lot of times in our lives, we go through pain, and we go through suffering. We go through rejection. In our families, we go through abuse. And it manifests itself in anger, uncontrollable anger, uh, sometimes depression, anxiety, worry, all of these things because of things that haven't been healed years ago. And so um, I'm, one, of the, one of my heroes is uh, Joyce Kawakami. She's, she's the a founder of Feed My Sheep. How many have heard of Feed My Sheep? It, it feeds um, many of the ho- uh, hungry on the island. And... Um, she was one of the pioneers of, uh, of cleansing stream that we did in our church years ago. And so um, we're going to watch a video that uh, talks about her experience with cleansing stream. Hi, I'm Joyce Kawakami. Many of you know me as the Feed My Sheep Lady. And I would like to talk about cleansing stream. Cleansing stream started such a long time ago. I can't even remember the date. And I was at the first one. And I I think I attended each and every one after that, sometimes as a participant, sometimes as an intercessor, and sometimes as a person that would be praying for people. And I gotta tell you, it does change your life. It brings out all those things from your past, from your parents' past, that you had no idea was affecting the way you, um, you minister, affecting the way you live, affecting the way you react to people. Sometimes there's trigger points in our lives, and I've had many trigger points where certain things would just make me go either into a depression or anger or things like that. And Cleansing Stream deals with those so that you can go forward without those affecting you anymore. I remember taking youth to that. I was a youth leader that started Feed My Sheep and the youth would go. And it, it was fun. It was intense because of all the classes, but at the same time, it was fun because you could see the freedom and them being helped into their future. As far as me and ministry, that was, I started that before Feed My Sheep ever started. And I know, I know that Cleansing Stream is one of the reasons I was effective and still am effective at feeding the poor on this island. It freed me to clearly see the ministry that God had for me. It helped my family life and it helped every area that uh, I ministered in, friendships, all of that. Can we give a hand for Joyce? Thank you for sharing. And uh, we haven't done this with our church uh, for a while and um, we feel like this is the season, this is the time um, where God wants to do something great among us. And so the consecration of ourselves is important. Um, Number two, God forgives us so that we can forgive others. God forgives us so we can forgive others. It's impossible to give something that you have not received. And so Jesus gives us an unconditional forgiveness, not just so that we can receive it and check out, but so that we can give that forgiveness to others. Um, Let's read Ephesians 4.32 together. One, two, three. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. The, the goal that, or one of the objectives that God has for every single one of our lives is that we make an a impact on the people around us in the area of forgiveness. And um, one of the stories that just really helped me understand the whole, what Jesus did on the cross and the forgiveness that he had um, was a story of, and it's a, it's a story um, that illustrates what Jesus did, but uh, it's a story of twins. And so um, I took the liberty to ask Andrea for some pictures that you can uh, see actual twins. So we have Jackson and Jaden. So, uh, so the story is that there's these two twins, and they grow up. And uh, as they grow up, one, um, one becomes National Honor Society, very smart, very successful, uh, very popular, while the other uh, went the other direction and couldn't live up to the expectations of his parents, couldn't uh, keep up with his brother. And so uh, he, he decided to make a name for him self going the opposite way. So he got involved in the wrong crowd, started dealing drugs, started like, you know, going the wrong way. So you can go to the next picture. Uh, this is Jackson and Jaden, they're older. And we'll just say that uh, the one in the black shirt is the, the black sheep. Who's, who's that? Uh, Jaden. So, so Jaden is, is, is the drug dealer. <laughs> I'm just joking. So, um, so they grow up and um, and the story goes that uh, the trajectory of their lives continue on the direction that they set in high school. And uh, later on in life, uh, the, the good son becomes a judge and the bad son becomes a drug dealer, a very prominent, successful drug dealer. But a drug deal goes bad and he ends up killing someone. And then he comes to the court that his brother is the judge of and the jury finds him guilty and sentences him to death row, to die. So this twin jumps bail and he runs away from, uh, runs away from the law, goes to New Mexico, and is uh, at the beach sipping some pina coladas, watching the news. And he sees uh, the headline news that the fugitive that ran away has been apprehended, has turned himself in, and is now facing death. And he looks at it and he realizes that his brother changed his identity, dressed up like him, turned himself in, and was now in prison awaiting uh, his penalty of death uh, that should be his own. And he looked at that and he said, my brother does not deserve that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn myself in myself. So he, he goes over to uh, get his brother out of jail, and he admits what he did, and uh, the person says, you're too late. The, the penalty and death has already been uh, administered. Your brother is dead. And he said, that's not right. I'm the one that, that was responsible for the murder. I'm the one that should die. And, and they said, well, we have uh, a law that that's, comes from the Fifth Amendment, it's called double jeopardy, and if a crime has been paid for, it cannot be sentenced to multiple people. If someone died 
because of this crime, and they were tried and convicted, and they were killed for it, we cannot kill anyone else. We cannot put that penalty on anyone else. Therefore, you are free to go. And he felt so torn in his heart that his brother paid that price for him. And he, but he couldn't go back in time. And he said, the best thing that I can do is to live my life the way that my brother would have lived his life. And that is a substitution. That's the story that talks about what Jesus did for us. That he was our older brother. He took upon himself the, the, the sin and the shortcomings of our lives. He took that upon himself and he died so that we could be free and have a relationship with God. So John 13, 34 and 35, it says, A new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so it doesn't just stop at us receiving the love of God. But right now in our community and in our lives, there is a tendency for us to look for things that we don't agree with, that other people believe, and then we get offended and then dispose of relationships. And that's the opposite spirit of what Jesus has shown to us. And so God wants us to consecrate ourselves, to recalibrate ourselves into the values of the kingdom. And in the same way that Jesus, when he looked at us and we chose wrong, when we were the spiritual drug dealers, when we were falling short, he didn't hold that against us and let us suffer the penalty of it. He said, I will go and I will die on a cross and I will take upon myself their penalty. And it's through that, that when we receive that gift of forgiveness, that there's a humility involved in that where we when we receive such a huge forgiveness, it impels us to live a life that he would have lived. And we don't do it out of obligation. We don't do it because we're scared that God's going to punish us if we don't. We do it because we understand his love and his grace and what he did for us. And it, it helps us to live the life that he would have lived. Amen? Um, and then the last thing, Jesus wants to free us of guilt and shame. How many of you have an easier time forgiving others than yourself? Anyone? That guilt and shame is a result. If, how many of you have ever felt guilt or currently do feel guilt and do feel shame for things that, decisions that you've made, both public and private, that you've made in your life? And all of that stems from an inability to forgive yourself. And God forgives us, not so that we can just forgive others, but he forgives us so that we can forgive ourselves. Let's read this scripture together, Psalms 32, 2 and 5, and we'll, we'll close with this. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit is no deceit. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. We're in this season, and if the worship team can come up, we're going to close uh, just singing. We're in this season of consecration, and I want to appeal to our church that in the next several weeks, you know, leading up to November 19th, 
Just as Jim LaFoon prophesied, it's not business as usual. There is a grace that God is giving to us to push in in our quiet time and, and to push in in small groups and our relationships with each other that he wants to do something significant. And, and the encouragement is to consecrate ourselves because he will do a great thing among us. Can, you, can we just read that, that first scripture uh, together? Can you go to the first, first scripture? You have never been this way before. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Out of all the different things that we can invest in, one of the most important things to invest in is our character, because how our character is shaped will shape the generations after us. And God is inviting us to push into him and consecrate ourselves. If that's your heart this morning, could we all stand? I just want to say a prayer this morning. If you've never received the Lord into your heart, if you don't have a relationship with God, he wants to forgive you of everything that you've ever done. He wants to show you his love and acceptance and grace. He wants to cleanse you from rejection. He wants to cleanse you from guilt and shame. He wants to, to reveal himself in your life so that you can be a representation of him to this world. So if that's your heart and you want that in your life, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and that I haven't lived up to the standard of your perfection. Thank you that you don't hold my sin against me, but that you demonstrated your love that even in our sin, that you died for us, that you didn't reject us, that you didn't throw the relationship away, but that you accept me and you love me and you forgive me. I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Reveal yourself to me and help me to walk with you for the rest of my life. I consecrate myself to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. We're going to close just by uh, singing, come to the God, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Thank you that you've called us to be just a representation of who you are. Lord, that we can show the same love and forgiveness and grace to those that are around us. God, we pray that you'd help us to keep our antennas up and open to the need that's around us. God, help us to see through uh, the smiles and the, uh, the facades that people put on. And God, help us to see with your eyes and to be sensitive to the need that's around us for those that are struggling, for those that are hurting. God, we pray that you would use us as your hands and your feet. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. We have, um, we have next steps upstairs. And then we also have small groups all around in the sanctuary. And we have fried rice on Saturday morning for the men only.
women not invited, only the men. And, and I just want to say that we're not copying the women. It was the gentleman-likeness of the men that allowed the women to go first because we're gentlemen. So, but all the men, you are invited Saturday morning. We're going to start cooking at 6 o'clock, 6.30, but then it starts at 7.30. Coach will be here, and Coach Fredo is going to be preaching next week, so it's going to be a powerful time. Don't miss next week's Sunday. God loves you. We love you. Have a great week. God bless.